I spent my college days throwing perfect passes and trash-talking BYU. And I spent my college career smashing Utah Utes' faces into the mud. I'm Jason Buck. And I'm Scott Mitchell. After our careers in the NFL, we still talk trash. But mostly to each other on our podcast, Rivals. We talk all things football, college, and NFL. A little bit about life and growing up rivals. Download it each week wherever you get your podcasts or on the KSL Sports app. Go Cougs! And go Utes! On today's show, a lot of heartburn over the proposed food tax increase. And the question, censure over impeachment. Representative Ben McAdams is on the censure train. Tune in Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11 for Dave and Dijanovic. So you do get notifications or you know nudges throughout the day uh, that are positive psychology ones that you can opt to do. What we found is that in our study... Uh, we did morning intentions and evening gratitude um, as kind of a positive. You're priming your brain both to be focused in the morning um, and have some energy of intention, which you know has helped to prime the brain for getting what you want out of it. Welcome to Innovation and Leadership, where I interview uncommonly high achievers like top investment fund managers, elite special operations soldiers, startup CEOs who sold their companies for billions of dollars, pro athletes, Hollywood filmmakers, really as many different kinds of experts as I can. The whole idea is to hear how they did it and then what advice they have for the rest of us that can be applied to the organizations we're trying to grow and innovate. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's show. This is part two of our interview with Dr. Kyra Bobinette. Um, if you missed part one, please go back and hear about Fresh Try and working at Aetna and stuff at Stanford, going to Harvard, all these background things that have led to this point for for what seems to be a, a pretty great idea for so many of us who struggle with what I'm going to call overnutrition. <laughs> but um, <laughs> can we, we, we covered a lot of science and a lot of um, background uh, in part one, but for folks who want to understand more of like, okay, if I go to the app store and I, I download Fresh Try, what am I going to get? What do I do with it? Can you go through just a, a bit of the nuts and bolts? Yeah, so it's basically that you want to build a try. A try is a week-long experiment made up of what you want to try to eat, uh, how, like how you want to exactly do that, and then why you're going to do it, which is your motivation. And all the hows we pulled from the scientific literature, uh, you know, we figured out which hows were actually active ingredients in changing people's weight. And so it's kind of like choosing from a menu of things that all work. So it doesn't matter what you feel like doing that week in particular. And what we find is that people who use it and who try in this way, it has this kind of subtle effect on how your brain thinks about food. And it's constantly priming you and also helping you to feel, you know, not ashamed of anything that you're doing. And what's most interesting is that if you're trying something and it doesn't work for you, that's good information because you know for me that's portion control. I I really am abysmal at <laughs> portion control, and so every time I dive into that category, I find that I don't do it. I don't do it very well. And so every now and then I'll have a one where I I I do it exactly as I think I'll do it or I'll focus on it. But mostly I rebel against portion control. So for me it's you know adding vegetables or reducing carbs or shrinking my desserts down or things like that that tend to work for my brain the best. And and I think it's fascinating. I've been using it for over a year now and it's super fascinating. I never knew what my brain would and wouldn't do. 
And it's super important for all of us to, in this very food rich environment, to train our brains to do what we want with food. So we don't have to feel so horrible all the time, you know, both physically energy wise, but also emotionally. There's a lot of emotional shame and frustration that uh, a lot of us have around food and how we eat and how our brain acts around food. Yeah. You know, um, I feel like this is the the Stanford professor day, but I'm thinking about Kelly McGonigal's <laughs> work on the, I don't know if you ever heard, read her book, The Willpower Instinct, or watched any of her TED Talks, or maybe you know her, but... I, I watched her stuff, yeah. It, it's interesting. I think one of the things that stood out to me the most is how she talks about, when it comes to willpower failings, this idea of, uh, we kind of have this natural thought, well, I need to beat myself up for failing on that, and that will motivate me to do better. But the research mm-hmm. ends up showing the opposite, and that like this kind of self-forgiveness, self-forgiveness, I'm not saying that word right, you know, this idea of like, well, that was yesterday, and now is now, and I can be, you know, I can just change now. I, I don't need to keep thinking about the past, I don't need to have the shame about the past, I don't have to have the, you know, raking myself over the coals about like, I once again went to KFC because I didn't, because I was rushed and I just need to eat right now and I didn't plan and I got to get to this other mm-hmm. meeting, right? Mm-hmm. And any, mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like there's some overlap there. Can you talk about any experience with that or any thoughts you have on that? Yeah. And, and that's what, that's a component of what we're talking about with the iterative mindset. What we notice is that folks who succeed, I'll always have some mantra like that, some, some saving grace for themselves where they reset the restory why something happened, you know, well, I just didn't prepare for that birthday party. So I ate a bunch of cake. Um, but tomorrow's a new day, or that's okay. I, it just caught me by surprise, and I'll do better next time. So there's all kinds of ways. It, this is a psychological thing, you know, wh- where the mind goes, the weight follows. I'm absolutely convinced that, you know, all of these diet plans that count calories that track and that works for about 5% of people long term. But for most of the rest of the people, we need to get it into their, you know, myelinated part of their brain. It needs to be fast-brained. It needs to be automatic. And and so the only way to get it there is to have these uh, sort of lubricants, if you will, in the brain where you can really glide past those sticky places where you might get stuck in um, rumination about how bad you are, uh, some story about how ashamed you are. And she's totally right about the resilience factor is being able to catch yourself in that moment and, and unloose yourself from that that really horrible rumination spiral. Yeah. So um, can you can you tell us one of yours of like I did this try and I realized that was not you know that that one didn't work out like I, like I thought and then going uh, oh forward this one did go well. Yes. Yes. Um, well, going back to my portion control weakness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I. I, I, I call it like you slip right past it. Like, like you set an intention and then you literally watch yourself because there's a part of us that are that's listening to this and there's a part of us that's watching us listen to this. So that part of you that watches you listen to this will sometimes go, oh my gosh, you just slipped right past that. Like you, your intention was not to, not to eat any crackers today and here you are polishing off the last one in the box, you know? And, and there's this kind of frustration around that. So for me, with Porsche control, it would be, oh my gosh, I forgot that I was going to even limit my portions today. And I just ate more than I wanted to. Right. And, and that moment could be full of, uh, self-flogging, you know, which is what I used to do. And what I have trained myself to do with fresh try is actually say, okay, clearly I need to iterate on this. 
And that iteration is kind of a failsafe. It, it, it's a way out of that, what I used to do, which is torture myself or feel horrible about myself or use that to indict myself um, as the worst person on the planet. And now I just have a way of being like, okay, all right, pick yourself up. That just, that wasn't the right fit for you. Let's, let's get sh gear shift into, I'll stop that try. And now I'm going to change it to add vegetables where I'm safe. And, you know, obviously this week is too pressuresome. It's too, I don't have enough, you know, brain energy to like make myself think about portion control. I'm going to, I'm going to gear shift into what I know I will do, which is add vegetables. So the only thing that's important is getting ourselves to do the thing we will actually do. And I think that once I, once I share that with people, um, they are so relieved, like the, the, their faces change. They're, they're so um, at peace with that way of thinking because we put so much with all these, the diet industry has been horrible on people, you know, just, just, you know, they fail, then they have to come back and spend more money. It's just so predatory, right? So we've got to do it a new way. We have too much knowledge about how the brain works to do it a better way, to, to not be able to do it a better way. And so I think once we de-shame people and they feel better about what they're doing, then they become unstoppable. Then they become encouraged. Then they become powerful. And that's really the most rewarding thing for me in myself and others. So for me, add vegetables the, the more I see myself do that and do that well and do that as planned and get creative with it even and figure out different ways to do it. I've actually turned vegan um, through this process. I never thought I would be a vegan. I always wanted to be and I was always super jealous and judgmental of people who were because I couldn't do it. And so doing this little by little and training my brain in this way, I was able to um, basically transition and do it. You know, there's so many fascinating things in that stuff you said. Um, <laughs> to me, I, it makes me think, you know, so we, we have a few different companies. We're starting a real estate investment fund right now. We have our we have this media company. We we have a operational excellence business where I have these, our consultants are, you know, guys who spent their careers at Boeing and GE and these companies, and they go help with process improvement, right? And so mm -hmm. even though I'm not an expert in that, I'm fascinated with it. And I, I remember going on tours of Toyota in Japan and just seeing, like, the, the world's best, you know, at this lean continuous improvement stuff. And it's oh, interesting yeah. to me what a default, you know, talk about myelinated habit. Their myelinated habit over there is um, when something goes wrong, they have a defect, they have an error, something, whatever, um, is not, is, is to blame the system instead of blaming the individual. Amen. And it creates, oh my God, yes. It creates such a great work environment. When mm -hmm. the company legitimately has a problem, it's not Pollyanna, it's not pretending it's not a problem, right? But when the boss right. shows up and instead of pointing the finger, goes, uh, looks at it from a level of personal responsibility, what was so poorly designed about our system that this error was, was able to happen? You know, we're, we're an affiliate mm -hmm. of this thing called the Shingo Institute. It's like the, the Nobel Prize of continuous improvement. All these companies around the world compete for it, right? And this guy, wow. Mr. Shingo, that it's, that's based on, you know, worked with, uh, Toyota back in the 60s and 50s and with Taichi Ono inventing this stuff. And he, there's this Japanese word called pokayoke, which I think is the funniest business term ever. But it's like... That is a cute word. <laughs> but it's <laughs> Japanese for mistake proofing. And mm -hmm. it's this idea of like, we're smart. We could design a system that like work injuries are unlikely to happen. A guy's gonna, it's gonna be, have a real hard time getting his hand cut off in this machine because we're gonna add an extra lever so that this machine has to have this lever pulled and that button pushed so he doesn't have a free hand to potentially get cut off. 
Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, I mean, I want to talk about the, the health stuff in just a second, but I'm just thinking about my regular life as you're talking and how often I do blame myself instead of blaming my system. Oh, I didn't, I didn't reach out to enough new clients or I haven't, um, I haven't made my calls. We, you know, we're trying to buy some giant apartment complexes, right? I haven't made my calls mm-hmm. and made that happen and I haven't actually got those on our list. Um, I know who the guy is. I know who I need to call and I just haven't got myself to do it. And so I go to that, like you call it flogging, right? Of like, yeah, right. <laughs> what's what's wrong with me? Look at this huge, you know, beneficial situation for our company and for my family. If I can get this done, uh, you know, and I I really do get into that like self blame shame thing of like, how come I can't? How come I? You know, what's wrong with me that I can't do what any five dollar an hour employee should be able to do? And I'm supposed to be the CEO? Blah blah blah. Right? Well, yeah. Looking at this here on the food side, you know. Um, like to me, the elixir of life is A and W root beer. You know, my inner five-year-old. I just think that's <laughs> the best thing going, right? And so, yeah, thinking. You know, I have done some habits of going for root beer and choosing a water. You know, but I do think about that. Like I observe myself reaching for the third root beer, <laughs> right? And mm-hmm. you talk about there's mm-hmm. the us and the version of us that's observing ourselves. Um, yep. And I already talked about running to too many meetings, not thinking about what I'm going to eat. And it's more expensive to eat healthy than to eat junk at fast, you know, to eat junk, basically. Sometimes, yeah. Right? Yep. And um, so let's go to the sugar one. Let's say I get the app. I get Fresh Try. I'm looking at the buttons on here. Eat more vegetables. Eat healthy portions. I'm looking at the eat less sugar one. Do I, wh- <laughs> What does that physically look like? Am I entering something in? Is it? Do I have to check it every day or does it push notifications to me? Well, what you do is you just you build your own card out of the menu. So what, why, how? And then basically you have that card up in front of you on the screen once you have your try going. And then you basically have a credit button. Like you credit yourself, not track, by the way, because there's just some psychology, behind, there's some neuroscience behind that. But if you're crediting yourself for thinking about it, for trying it, for, um, you know, for actually doing it, we wanted to leave it up to the person to you know, interpret what they felt good about. But it's this feel-good association with so if you're so if you're finding that in the seven day period you're just not thinking about it or you forgot about it or this one isn't grabbing your attention or it's not working or it's too hard or whatever not the right one for you go back and build a different one and what's beneficial about what you just did is you learned what doesn't work for you right now you might return to it someday or you might say I will never do that and that self learning process that self awareness process helps you to be a better picker a better chooser a better designer for yourself going forward. So win-win either way. It, there, unlike other solutions, other things that, you know, you win or lose, you win-win each time with just effort itself. And so we, we designed it so that your brain would train on this and learn, oh, that doesn't work for me. Oh, portions is my area where I do the, the part, you know, I have the biggest gap between what I intend to do and what I actually do, right? And, and add, add vegetables is the one that is always uh, watertight, airtight. But I want to go back to what you were saying about the Japanese plant and everything, because I don't want people to get distracted by food or me or my product. I think the meta pattern that I want to point to is in every case that we're talking about, the examples that you gave, the examples I gave, the DNA of both of those things is people are finding ways around the habenula. These are all clever ways that humans have figured out to not have a, have a habenula event, so to speak. And so this blame the system, blame the design, blame your try, you know, that didn't work for me. Like, it's not me. It's the thing I was trying. 
like that depersonalizing it so that it doesn't become a uh, indictment on me as a person or how weak or horrible I am is the theme across all these stories. And I just wanted to point that out so that folks really tune in to the meta pattern that we're pointing to here. I, I love that. You know, I'm thinking mm-hmm. one of the successes I have had there is um, I look at my default mode to do it all and just to work the extra hours and, you know, um, and I I had a, a friend give me a Sean Aker's book. I don't know if you've ever read The Happiness Advantage, but his mm-hmm. new one is The Big Potential or Newer One. And he just talks about how many superstars that go to another career don't end up a superstar still because they left the team behind that they had maybe discounted or stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. I did call my brother and my mentor back, who used, I used to run a private equity fund with in Canada, and said, hey, let's get the band back together because me doing it by myself, like I'm realizing this is a stupid system. Like trying to not do it all on willpower, this is a bad system. And it's, you know, it took me, you know. Exhausting. Yeah. I'm sad to say it took me four years to recognize that it was a system and that trying hard wasn't a good plan, you know. Well, try, right. trying harder right. was not you know, it was not a mistake-proof system. But even as you're saying all this, I am thinking about, like, that habit still shows up in my life, this idea of me, 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 and, um, you know, I don't want to put it on anyone else, so I'll just take the extra work without considering it from a system standpoint of, like, is that really a reasonable system to consistently produce the result I'm looking for? And it isn't. And uh, mm-hmm. it's making me think about the size of our sales force and, and our, you know, some of our finance team. And while we have them, am I really, have I really built a mistake-proof system? And I haven't. And so um, it makes me, you know, gives me that self-reflection. And um, I, I do want to talk about Fresh Try, though, for one second. So for, okay, me, yeah. for, me, I love it. <laughs> for me, it is, you know, again, my inner five-year-old, root beer and ice cream. Like, these are my, this, yep. this is my happy place, right? Yep. And, yep. and yet, right. it, I do stray into excess, right? So... Knowing that that's something that I would want to have a try about, is it yeah. I, I'm clicking the eat less sugar button and I'm is it is it once a day is it dinging me or when I have thought about eating less sugar and I didn't do it I log in and give myself a credit or what is that just real granular what what's actually what am I going to do? So you do get notifications or you know nudges throughout the day um, that are positive psychology ones that you can opt to do. What we found is that in our study. Uh, we did morning intentions and evening gratitude um, as kind of a positive. You're priming your brain both to be focused in the morning um, and have some energy of intention, which you know has helped to prime the brain for getting what you want out of it. And at the end of the day, being grateful or appreciative of yourself or of what happened, we found really keeps people going. So those are the two nudges. And then whenever you do do the thing and you can you can go in on Friday of the week and do I did this five times you can you can give yourself have as many credits as you want because it's you and you you're training you right and so we don't want to be a greedy little bot and say you know come in here every day and we're going to be this like time suck for you we're trying to loosen people up so they don't have to work as hard so they can just you know, do it at their own time with their own interpretation at their own pace and train their brain kind of passively. And it, and it happens quite naturally as you engage with different aspects of it. And what we also found is that it didn't matter which aspect of the experience uh, people did as long as they did some, you know, at least two aspects of it. So maybe they did gratitude and they did the credit button or they did the mindset 
training. So we have these like kind of group Peloton type uh, mindset trainings that we're starting that really came out of this study. And so it really depends on making it your own experience. The whole ecosystem is there and all the levers for your brain are there. You can do them all, you can do one, you can do two. Um, it's really just up to you and what works for you. And I, I really feel like I need to reemphasize re that it's really about iteration. You know, This is the only thing I know of that, so far in the market that helps you to iterate and to focus on iteration and that seems to be the active ingredient to all of the success that people get. And everything else is kind of window dressing and the, the specific way that people want to prepare their breakfast or not doesn't matter to me. What matters is that they iterate. <laughs> I love it. Um, so for example, good. with your career, what, can I just be tempted yeah, yeah. by your example? Okay, so what we found in the data is that different brains like different things. They have different go-tos, they have different uh, heuristics is what's called uh, shortcuts, right? And so one person's heuristic. So there's famous, you know, data on this. You know, people who uh, have a cold glass of water while they're talking to somebody versus a hot cup of coffee will think of that person differently. You know, the cold ice water people will, will register the other person as having a cold personality. Um, if I'm holding a hot drink, then the person who I'm talking to has a warm personality. So the brain can't distinguish, you know, warm is warm, cold is cold. You know, those are heuristics. It's, it's jumping to conclusions. It's making uh, assumptions. And so to basically draft off of that, for you with the root beer, you, you've got to figure out what is it about the root beer? Is it the sweetness? Is it the fizz? Is it the um, the actual root beer flavoring, you know, there, there's a product called Zevia cause I also am a root beer child, you know, a comfort addict. And I use Zevia root beer every day. And I probably drink like one to two a day and it's a very expensive habit, but I, I like it and it makes me feel full. And so when I'm trying to do my intermittent fasting and I've got to get myself through a couple of hours, I'll have one of these root beers and I'm just fine. And it's Stevia, you know, uh, sweetened instead of sugar sweetened and so i don't I'm not have familiar. what stevia stevia is a plant-based sweetener and it's an acquired taste but you can get yourself you can train your brain to enjoy it over time so what i'm saying though is what is the what is the part that your brain really is attached to is mm. it the fizz is that why water doesn't satisfy you is it the root beer flavoring that might be, you know, this other product might be um, a good substitution. And there's people who their brains would prefer to substitute versus reduce versus add something different versus go cold turkey. And so there's almost different segments on a brain level of what people prefer to do that's most comfortable for them. So what your brain is telling you is that the root beer for water thing is not cutting it. Right, you, know you have not you have not found the recipe that replaces yeah. the root beer at a neuroscience level. No, but for you, you you're forcing me to reflect on it in a way I really like because what I will say is um, when I'm having multiple. It's so funny that we're talking about my root beer drinking, but I like it. Okay. So um, what yeah. I am what I'm realizing <laughs> though is I actually don't mind drinking. Like I don't mind. Like I don't think it's that bad for me. Like I'm okay with having with having a, a root beer. Right, but. The problem mm -hmm. is the third one, the fifth one. That's where I'm like, yeah, this right. isn't a good, this isn't a good choice, right? But then I watch <laughs> myself do it anyways. Whereas, right. just thinking about that, like the reason I'm having the fifth one is probably a like dehydration thing, where like if I was mm -hmm. to have, tell myself oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let myself have a root beer, 
but I'm going to have two big glasses of ice water first, and then I'm going to have a root beer. And I'm having it for the sweetness, you know, and the flavor and a little bit of fizz. And I'm getting mm -hmm. that enjoyment out of it, but I'm not trying to get my rehydration out of it. I think mm -hmm. that is a much more realistic way for the moderation I'm looking for. And I hadn't really thought about it like that. Well, I think what's exciting is that you're getting interested in tinkering with it and iterating on it and trying different things and really unpacking because underneath this, there is a brain algorithm in your brain that's basically driving this behavior. And at some point, you'll figure out a configuration and a solution, um, whether it's the ice water thing or not. Like, let's do the ice water experiment. I'm all like, yeah, go for it. As long as you don't think, as long as you don't conclude, promise me you will not conclude that that's not a failure if the ice water thing doesn't work, right? <laughs> okay. You'll go back okay. to the draw. You'll go back to the drawing board, and you'll be like, okay, that didn't work. All right, is it the fizz? You know, um, is, is it if I do if I do this other Zevia product, will that satisfy? Can I switch to that on the third one, which is really what I want? You know, like what? How can I train myself to do what I want? Right? What I really want, what I feel good about. Yeah, you know, and that's really the question. <laughs> you know, it makes me. <laughs> I know this is like a random reference, but I really love the Viktor Frankl book, Man's Search for Meaning, about being in the prison camps and mm -hmm. his like, you know, this idea that the Nazis can take everything away from me. They can kill my family. They can take my research. But what they can't take from me is my choice of how I'm going to react to them taking everything away from me um, mm -hmm. and this ability to choose our own emotions and to outthink the situation kind of like stoicism. But he talks about this idea of these, you know, these men that he was with who were the lightest sleepers and would wake up if somebody walked down the hallway in their house, who now are like in a room full of people snoring with somebody's leg over them or somebody's arm over them and sleeping like a baby. And he says this line, truly man can get used to anything. And to me, that is such an optimistic thing that with time, you know, with time and habits, we we can change ourselves that we're not stuck that we weren't born born broken or something right you know i'm relating this back to the work situation of i probably need to work harder on our sales force instead of me landing the big all the big clients and um i know that i suck at doing that alone and so i just need to call my partner john and say hey can we be co-sales managers <laughs> will you just right. get on the phone with me you don't even have to do anything but i will feel right. guilty watching 45 minutes of youtube videos <laughs> If we're, if we're <laughs> together, I'll be I'll feel guilty watching five minutes of YouTube videos, and I'll actually do right. what I intend to do instead of uh, instead of giving into my temptations in the environment. Right? Yes, yes. And I and I think we're I think we're really getting sober about this because at first we thought it was uh, plant education. Then we thought it was planning and tracking and measuring and all those things. Then we thought it was willpower. And then we thought it was habit formation, but that's kind of still a black box. Now I think the conclusion that I'm coming to and that I think we're all going to be also concluding is it's about the mindset. It's about, it's about what's going on in the brain. And so go to where it's all happening and design for that and you're good. And, and that's what the unifying theme of all of this is, is if you want to be a high performer, then mindset is where it's at. I love it. I think that's a great place to end. Um, yeah. Everybody, please go to freshtry.com, go to Amazon and uh, and buy, or don't go to Amazon, go to audible.com and get The Well-Designed Life, listen to that <laughs> on your commute, you know, connect with, with Dr. Bobinette here on LinkedIn. Um, again, thanks to, 
thanks for making time for us and thanks for working on this i actually we didn't really talk about this on the show but i actually have become much more concerned when somebody framed the problem of most of human society's problem has been undernutrition and now we've created a a world where one of our biggest problems is overnutrition and all of a sudden it stopped being a willpower thing or stuff like that and it started feeling different to me to frame it that way so i'm glad there's people like you helping you know potentially our one of our society's biggest concerns right now as far as health right thank you yeah it's everything to me right now so thank you great okay thanks everybody for listening <laughs>